Hello, and welcome to Arbitral Insights, a podcast series brought to you by our international arbitration practice lawyers here at Reed Smith. I'm Jose Estigarraga, Global Head of Reed Smith's International Arbitration Practice. I hope you enjoy the industry commentary, insights, and anecdotes we share with you in the course of this series, wherever in the world you are. If you have any questions about any of the topics discussed, please do contact our speakers. And with that, let's get started. Welcome back to Arbitral Insights. This is part one of a five-part series that we're going to do on arbitration in the life sciences industry. My name is JP Duffy. I'm an international arbitration partner based in New York, and I have a strong focus on the life sciences industry. I act as counsel in life science arbitrations and sit as an arbitrator in those disputes as well. I'm listed on the AAA ICDR Life Sciences Arbitrator roster, as well as the roster of several major arbitral institutions. So as I mentioned, today we're going to focus on the benefits that arbitration can offer the life sciences industry. This is part one of a five-part series, as I said, and subsequent installments will follow over the next few months that will focus on those benefits and other issues in greater detail. So with that, let's jump right into the topic at hand. By way of background, for a number of reasons, the life sciences industry has not historically used arbitration to resolve the majority of its commercial disputes. And whatever the reason for that, the reality is that's the case. But statistics indicate that that may be changing. In 2019, the AAA commercial division saw a 40% increase in the number of life sciences cases that it's administering. WIPO has seen a pretty significant increase over the last few years as well, and other institutions have reported increases too. That said, the absolute number of life sciences arbitrations remained low. ICC statistics from 2014 through 2019 show that the life sciences cases that it is administering constitute only about 5 to 6% of new cases on average each year. So that's a pretty modest absolute number in relation to the total number of commercial life sciences disputes worldwide. Now, why is that the case? We touched on it earlier, but it may simply be the fact that life sciences companies and arbitration practitioners do not understand the benefits that arbitration can offer. So let's talk about a few of those because they're very, very significant and they show why the life sciences industry really should be using arbitration more frequently. The first benefit is arbitrator expertise. Arguably, this is the most significant benefit that arbitration offers the life sciences industry. And the reason is that you can use in arbitration a person to resolve disputes who's got commercial savvy and who understands the industry, its practices, and its customs. That is a really significant benefit, and it's a much safer approach than leaving commercial life sciences disputes to randomly selected judges that may not have a commercial background, let alone one in the life sciences space. So through arbitration, life sciences companies can select their own adjudicator, which is in and of itself a pretty significant benefit, And they can choose an adjudicator that has the right characteristics for their specific dispute, as well as a lot of industry knowledge. And the benefits of that are really clear. The second really significant benefit that life sciences companies should consider is confidentiality. It's one of the most misunderstood benefits that arbitration offers. 
And confidentiality really means the ability to keep evidence and the facts of a dispute out of the public domain and private. And that level of confidentiality can be as robust as the parties want and as the governing law allows. So effectively, by imposing strict confidentiality on an arbitration, life sciences companies can shield commercially sensitive information from competitors in the market. That in and of itself is a substantial benefit. Having a confidential environment also leads to better resolutions, particularly in long-term arrangements that parties wish to continue. So in the life sciences space, it's increasingly common that companies enter into partnering arrangements and partnering agreements that are extremely long-term, in some cases as long as 20 years. If you have a confidential environment in which disputes about those types of arrangements can be aired, you will reach a better conclusion that will better allow those arrangements to continue. And lastly, confidentiality creates a better settlement atmosphere. It's much easier, in my experience, for parties to settle when they know no one is watching what they're doing and when they know they are cloaked in a private environment that allows them to discuss their issues freely and openly and reach a resolution without the fear and outside pressure of third parties. The third benefit that arbitration offers is reasonable disclosure. As anyone who is a U.S. lawyer knows, discovery is one of the costliest phases of a dispute, and particularly a life sciences dispute. Now, I mentioned U.S. lawyers. That is certainly the case in U.S. court. But increasingly around the world, any common law court is experiencing an uptick, an uptick in discovery costs. And even some civil law courts are seeing increased costs due to increased permissive disclosure. Let's put this into context. Let's say you have a commercially reasonable efforts case in which complex issues about what a party has done to develop and commercialize a product have arisen. If you have that dispute in court, it is highly likely that there will be all sorts of discovery about every possible allegation that's lodged in the complaint. In domestic and international arbitration, however, you're going to have more targeted disclosure about the specific issues that are material to the resolution of that dispute. So, while you might have relevant or while you will have relevant discovery about the allegations, you're only going to have discovery about the material issues that will help resolve that dispute. And materiality is a significant limitation on the universe of materials that are relevant. So, lots of things simply stated, lots of things can be relevant, but few things within the relevant universe are going to be material to the outcome and in arbitration, that will be the primary focus. In arbitration, there's also a preference for written witness statements for direct testimony and against depositions, which helps keep discovery costs down. There are fewer discovery disputes and much less discovery bickering. So unlike a U.S. court proceeding where discovery will go on for a fixed period of time, during which time parties can fight about any number of things that they, that they claim the other party is doing, in arbitration, you will have a much shorter period of time in which to exchange disclosure and many fewer discovery battles. And ultimately, that results in a process that allows for the discovery that's needed 
but that excludes unnecessary or excessive discovery. And as anyone who practices in this space can understand, that not only reduces costs, but results in a much more expeditious proceeding. The next benefit I want to talk about is flexible procedures. This is something that's very useful in commercial life sciences disputes because it allows the parties to tailor the procedures of the case for their case. It avoids the one-size-fits-all approach that lots of court procedural rules impose on every case. So let's say you have the case that I just talked about earlier, a commercially reasonable efforts dispute. You can create a procedure for resolving that dispute in arbitration that is appropriate to that dispute. So instead of simply following, for instance, the U.S. standard approach of filing a skeletal um, a skeletal pleading, getting a skeletal pleading in response, going through myriads of discovery about everything that might be relevant, and then waiting until you get towards a trial to find out what the true allegations are and what the party really wants to argue, the claimant. In arbitration, you could create a procedure whereby the claimant front loads their case, puts forth the evidence that they have early in the case so that the respondent can answer that case on the merits so that the arbitrators understand it. You could then have disclosure on those issues that are truly material and open to interpretation. And then by the time you get to a hearing on the merits, the parties know exactly what the true allegations are and the arbitrators know exactly what has to be decided. That is a hugely, hugely valuable benefit. Similarly, let's say you had that same sort of case, but it really concerned, were reasonable royalties paid? Well, that's a much simpler process, and you could tailor procedures for that case too. Instead of having all the disclosure, all the submissions, everything else, you might just say, look, this is a simple dispute that really only requires the arbitrator to interpret the contract and to look at some sales data, and you could create a process for that as well. So procedural flexibility is a real benefit in the life sciences context and one that gets overlooked frequently. The next thing I want to talk about is global interim relief and the enforceability of it. This is really critical in the life sciences industry as well. Many, many, many life sciences cases, particularly in the cross-border context, begin and frankly end with an application for interim relief. That type of application can be much more efficacious in the arbitration context than in national courts. And the reason is this. A national court judgment, particularly one granting interim relief, has limited jurisdictional reach. And in some cases, if you're dealing with courts in other countries outside the U.S. or outside places like Europe, there will be all sorts of issues perhaps with what type of relief can be granted, how quickly it can be granted, what has to be shown in order to grant it. You avoid all of those problems by seeking emergency relief in arbitration. First off, arbitral institutions such as the AAA ICDR, the ICC, the LCIA, they have all gotten very good at appointing emergency arbitrators who can quickly act on an emergency application. I sit as an emergency arbitrator relatively frequently, and in my experience, you are typically appointed in 24 to 48 hours. You will be on the phone with the parties about the emergency application very quickly after that. 
and a result is usually issued within a matter of days to weeks. The most critical thing for the life sciences industry is that that result, that award that is issued, can be enforced around the globe under the New York Convention in the vast majority of countries. So if you have a cross-border life sciences dispute in which you need interim relief and that dispute touches on more than one jurisdiction, you are almost guaranteed to get a better outcome in arbitration than you are by going to court in most instances. The next thing I want to talk about is single venue proceedings. And this is something that's really critical for the life sciences industry as well, particularly because the industry has a lot of experience with multi-jurisdictional proceedings. So single venue proceedings means this. If you have a cross-border dispute involving a life sciences company, that dispute even when it's just between two parties, may frequently implicate multiple jurisdictions and national laws. And this is something that can come up in the IP context. It's something that can come up in supply chain disputes. It's something that can come up with trade secrets. Um, The possibilities are virtually endless. In those types of cases, arbitration acts as a risk management tool by ensuring that the dispute ends up in a single form rather than being concurrently litigated in multiple forums around the world under multiple national laws. So in short, by including an arbitration clause in the contract, a life sciences company can ensure that any disputes that arise in relation to that contract end up in front of a single tribunal being decided under a single national law in most instances, rather than running the risk of having a party bring claims all over the place and facing multi-jurisdictional litigation. The next benefit that arbitration provides that I want to talk about is one that is highly relevant to the current environment, and that's remote proceedings. So arbitrations have always been conducted remotely for the most part. Um, I've been practicing about 20 years, and in my experience, many, many things have always been done remotely, and an increasing number of things are done only remotely at this point. So. When we talk about remote proceedings in court, we are talking about new procedures that courts are only now becoming familiar with. Whereas in arbitration, most things, save for the hearing on the merits, final hearing on the merits, have always been done remotely. Um, Increasingly, it is commonplace to examine witnesses remotely, cross-examine witnesses remotely in arbitration. Um, The technology for doing that has improved markedly. And the transition to fully remote hearings and arbitration has been a relatively easy one because of this longstanding experience with remote proceedings. And this can be particularly useful in lower stakes disputes. So in this day and age where you may have a smaller dispute that you do not think warrants bringing a claim in court, having it in arbitration can provide a real solution to an otherwise sticky problem and can get that dispute resolved very quickly. Now, the last advantage that I want to talk about is one that really arises from all of the previous ones combining together to create a much more civilized environment than you find in national courts. So the biggest intangible benefit that arbitration offers the life sciences industry is a civilized dispute resolution environment. What does that mean? 
All of those features that we talked about earlier, limited disclosure, confidentiality, arbitrator expertise, flexible procedures that the parties help shape, creates a much less combative environment than national court litigation. And that is a huge advantage because it generally creates an environment where parties can resolve disputes, but continue working together afterwards. So we talked a bit earlier about long-term arrangements and partnering arrangements in the life sciences industry and how those are increasing with frequency. This type of dispute resolution environment permits disputes in those types of arrangements to be resolved, but allows the agreement to continue and survive afterwards. That's extremely important, even outside of the collaboration context, because the life sciences industry is highly interconnected and is increasingly defined by long-term arrangements. So arbitration, in short, allows parties to go through a dispute, but continue working together afterwards, which is oftentimes not the case after the parties have gone through a national court litigation. Okay, so those are the advantages that we see for the life sciences industry. We want to thank you for listening and stay tuned for future installments, which will focus on those benefits in detail. Thanks again. Arbitral Insights is a Reed Smith production. Our producer is Allie McArdle. For more information about Reed Smith's global international arbitration practice, email Joseas de Garaga at jia at reedsmith.com. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, ReadSmith.com, and our social media accounts at ReadSmith LLP on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. This podcast is provided for educational purposes. It does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. All rights reserved.